Hello everyone, this is Saqib. It's time for another Roland Garros preview. I uh, can't believe we are doing this for the second time. And second time again with Rene Denfeld, who is in Paris. Uh, how are you doing, Rene? Hey, I'm doing well so far. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that we did this a year ago. It feels more like, I don't know, it feels like a long time. But then again, it also feels like it's only been a couple of weeks, which is always weird. Um, and yeah, French Open is creeping up fast on everyone. And it's, uh, I arrived in Paris on Monday and I was like, I was surprised by just how quickly it all it all turned around and how quickly we got here. Absolutely. And uh, it's very kind of you to do it because I know you've been on the roads from all these tournaments. You're, you're pretty much following the players. Uh, do you run into them in the same flights? Does that happen? Because the stops are pretty it, much... It happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. But it's uh, it's a, not not something that happens too often. You see, yeah, you see sometimes you see players on, at the airports because like the travel time sort of... Sort of uh, um, yeah, they overlap occasionally, but uh, last year I think there were a couple of plays actually like from from Rome on the same flight over to Paris. But um, here and there, here and there, you run into each other occasionally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, okay, so before we roll into uh, you know the actual players and the you know and the predictions and all that good stuff, including breaking down the draw, a couple of uh, talking points from purely the viewers' point or the fans' point of view. Uh, one is definitely the site. Uh, I don't know the mobile app. Actually, uh, it's not an improvement what it was last year. Especially, I'm struggling with it. Uh, have you been hearing similar things uh, in other, in, in say French or uh, what's a? Yeah, I think I think I I think I downloaded it on on Monday when I got here. Um, I didn't I didn't use it much on Monday mainly because I was just trying to decompress a little bit just to have a look just just to get everything sorted, get all my ducks in line essentially. But um, I didn't use it much. But I just saw there was a lot of um, I would say outrage is maybe pushing it a little bit. But there was a lot of disappointment over it uh, that I saw online and. Um, I took a look at it, and it it is it is a little bit tough to navigate around it. I'm not going to make any qualms about that. And um, yeah, it sounds it sounds like it. I heard from what I heard, the French version is is better and is is um, more user friendly. But the English version definitely has is a bit challenging. Um, I've I've not used it for the past few days because I'm basically always chained to my laptop, so <laughs> I don't always uh, I. I don't have a lot of use for it at the moment, um, but from what I've heard, people have like a really hard time just, yeah, navigating through it, getting the information that they need, and that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is, especially in this day and age when uh, you know, uh, yeah, this is such a such a necessity, such something we take for granted, and for a major. Uh, anyway, I'm sure uh, the powers to be have taken you know notice, and hopefully, you know, it'll be a better experience. And even if they can even up, uh, come with a revised version during the tournament, who knows. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's uh, of course people who use it are dis- uh, might be disappointed, but I think it's also like a it's a slap in the face for 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 the tournament in a way when it when 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 you get this sort of such a strong uh, almost visceral reaction from the from from I don't know fans and many in the public in in, in terms of something that you've probably spent a lot of time working on and it's it's uh, it's not easy, but I, I yeah fingers crossed that that it. it that improvements are coming along and that things might even get better during the tournament. Uh, sure. Uh, another thing uh, outside of the actual uh, play and action is, is the weather. Uh, what we've been hearing here and I've seen some forecast uh, projections, it doesn't look good in the first week. The rain is large. I am, I am, 
I've I've actually been I've been talking to a few people yesterday, and I I studied meteorology, so it's uh, it's something that is not as close to my heart as it used to be maybe a couple of years ago but it's still something that i take some interest in and i had a bit of a look at like model runs and and everything like throughout the past few days and it's looking there there's not been a lot of change what we would need is a bit of a shift in the models and whatever but it's been very um yeah it's pointing in one direction and that one direction is looking very much like a lot of like a fair amount of rain especially in the afternoons um moist humid air so like very humid conditions out on heavy conditions out on the courts pretty warm um but monday's looking monday's been looking pretty bad for a couple of days now uh tomorrow is looking like we'll get showers and it it, it doesn't really look like there will be like i don't know a front moving through to clear the air it looks like it'll just be ling lingering around and that we'll get showers throughout most of the first week which is um yeah which is going to be a challenge i think it's going to be a very challenging first week and beyond that i think it's it's still pure speculation to look beyond the first weekend in terms of um i don't know weather or anything so uh let's hope things don't pan out as bad as they look at the moment but um i would recommend people on site i would recommend the players and also fans from i don't know where they're going to tune in from all over the world to bring a little bit of patience because i think we might need quite a lot of patience actually yeah. absolutely rain is a very uh, it's not a good sign when you're following a major no matter where you're from but i think uh it may bring more clicks to this uh, podcast preview when nothing's going on people may want to listen what you have to say so on that note uh uh is it okay if we start on the women's draw first of course let's go all right so uh, uh, sitting right at the top is is a world number one the top seed simona halep and there's always this uh, narrative that uh you know that that follows her which has been discussed especially on our side and you know i'm sure in many forums that it's unfair and a lot of time other players don't get that uh that kind of a that kind of a a narrative uh Uh, describing a loss it's always looking at you know the other side like what she hasn't done and where she failed and i know some some of the score lines are very one sided so uh, what what is the vibe surrounding her coming into this i know you've followed her in the last few tournaments i'm sure you've seen her practice uh walk us through that section what do you see for her um i think i think she's as opposed to last year i felt last year halep was playing a little bit better during the clay season itself i felt she played better in madrid and rome and then she came into into paris obviously with a very dodgy ankle and somehow navigated her way through to the finals um this year i think she says she's relaxed she says she had a few days at home she's feeling good she's playing well um and i think she got fairly I think she got a fairly decent draw um to be honest looking into that top quarter it's a uh, there are definitely a couple of stumbling blocks in there um Caroline Garcia has been playing a pretty good clay season uh looked pretty good in practice here over the past few days and just embraces the entire um the experience of being a french player at the french open a little bit more which is something that she shied away from more in the past, like in the past but with the quarterfinals last year and her form coming in this year i think i think for both halep and garcia it's not a bad role going ahead but um the big spoiler i think in the in the top section could be could be always could be kiki batten's essentially because um if it gets heavy if conditions are heavy if it's rainy i i think people remember kiki batten's run 2 years ago 
in Paris and um, how she was able to frustrate people with her drop shots, how she can flatten it out if need be. So um, especially in, in, in like heavier conditions, uh, I think Kiki Bertens is a, is a very, very strong threat to make maybe another semifinal run. Mm. But um, it's those three players for me in, in, the, top, in the top quarter that st- stand out and um, are most likely to make a deep run. Sure. I mean, I, I think you know, many people, including myself, uh, look agree with you. And I think uh, Kiki Burton is someone who's seen as a somewhat of an outside favorite. Uh, and she's she's right up there. She can mix it up with, I think, most girls on a given day. Uh, I think that's mm. fair. Uh, let me ask you about this first round in uh, the Halep section. Uh, it's a Petkovic-Mladanovic uh, match. Uh, mm. You see that one unfolding. I think it's it's one of the... It's, it's definitely one of the matches in the first round that got a fair couple of oohs and ahs during the draw ceremony because um, Petkovic could obviously really do with a with a first round win here. Mladenovic could really do with a first round win here because she's got quarterfinal points to defend from last year. Not coming in on the strongest of runs over the past couple of weeks. Um, the play season has not been what it hasn't been what it was last year. So um, it's going to be interesting to see whether she can I don't know, muster up or drum up the sort of um, energy that she had, for example, last year, also in previous tournaments where she was able to push um, to push and to dig deep at the French um, and whether she can feed off the energy of the crowd again. So that's definitely like in that top quarter. I think that's one of the one of the standout matches. But for example, Bertens Sabalenka is also a tough one. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's. This is going to be one of the interesting ones, but I think uh, regardless of who comes through there, I don't think anyone is going to really trouble Halep until the second week. Uh, and just staying uh, one more second on Petkovic, how is she in the German landscape of tennis right now? I know you cover a lot of tennis. Uh, is this, is she still uh, seen as a big story? Uh, I know she's fallen in the rankings, but she's a very charismatic player, very outspoken I was yeah, she's still like in, in terms of the coverage. I think pe- people are still very interested in her because she's got a lot of interesting things to say. She's writing a weekly column for a pretty big newspaper in Germany these days, just about the traveling, about her tour experiences, and let me tell you, she's pretty good at it. Like she's 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 a sm- smart woman. We all know that, and um, she's yeah. She's still she's still an interesting person. Like her ranking might not be what it was, and um, maybe her tennis isn't quite where it was a couple of years ago. But that doesn't change the fact that Andrea Petkovic remains um, very outspoken, interesting, um, witty, and has a lot of things to say. And people still, yeah, people still recognize her as a tennis player, of course. But she's also carving out a bit of a. It feels like she's carving out a career almost a little bit outside of tennis a little a little more these days and diversifying her sort of um, portfolio, her reach, I suppose. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, why not? You know, she, if a player can do something parallel, that's always good. So just to uh, go back and see your your call out for this uh, section is Halep and Garcia keep the date or you say burden goes in a rent store? It's a tough, it's a tough way. Honestly, I think this is one where it also depends a little bit on on the conditions. If it's hot, if it's warm, sunny, I think that Garcia and Halep will be the ones where where I put um, put stock in. But if if it keeps up, like I don't know, if it's raining until 
middle of the second week, then uh, I think Kiki Bertens has got a very good shot at uh, annoying both of them and making the life of both of them very, very difficult. So this is, for me, this is almost uh, this is almost slightly weather-dependent, which sounds weird, but that's okay. the way it is. And this section uh, the, also has players like Elise Merton and Angie Kerber, and we haven't even mentioned them. Mm. No, if that's how loaded it is, that's how stacked the entire draw is to me. It's like, um, I think for, for Kerber, for example, coming in with a couple of wins in Rome was very important for her. She hadn't she hadn't had that for the past couple of years. It's not gone well for her in Paris in the past few years. So if, if Kerber makes it to the third round, that's already good. If she even makes it into the second round, I think that would be a great, great result for her. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't expect her to go too far. And Mertens had to pull out... Um, after Madrid, because she had been, uh, she had been sick. She had been had a viral illness in in Madrid and had to pull out of Rome and get some rest. So um, didn't have a lot of matches in the past few weeks. So maybe she's coming in fresh, and uh, she's certainly um, she certainly got the clay bona fides to back up having won in uh, Lugano and, and Rabat this year. So um, Halep Mertens would be a, would be would be an interesting fourth round, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fair. I think if Halep is not feeling it, this this, this can get complicated. But you're right. So, uh, and and for Garcia, how is the French media? What is the hype? You think she's a player who who loves this because French always uh, there's a lot of uh, attention surrounding the players. I'm sure Luca Pui is feeling it, and so is Caroline Garcia. I think Garcia has learned a lot. She's learned a lot over the past year since she uh, since. Pretty much April, March, April last year. She's learned learned a whole lot about how to just manage with maybe her own expectations, maybe to manage French expectations. And she's looked she's looked relaxed. She's been hitting the ball and she's looked relaxed on court as well. Spent almost thirty minutes uh, uh, like signing autographs on Kids Day today. So. Um, I think she's in, in previous years. I'm as far as I heard, she was like asking, "Please do not put me on the big courts. Please do." Like, like she was shying away from the attention and from it being, from having so much pressure. But now she she actually said in press yesterday she appreciates it more. She sees the positive sides of being a French player at the French Open. So I think she's got a good handle of the of the situation. And um, yeah, uh, as I said, I think. Garcia Bertens would be a very tough fourth round because those are two of the players who've had a pretty good clay season so far. But um, in terms of how she's handling it, I think she's she's doing quite well. Okay. All right, so let's uh, move on to the next uh, section where it's the first round is uh, two former champions, Muguruza and uh, Sveta Kuznetsova. Uh, let's, uh, that would have been a quarterfinal, you know, maybe not too long ago now with the luck of the draw. Uh, this is what we're going to yeah. Do you think Sweta has enough in the tank and uh, uh, to cause an upset here? How, how do you see this one going? I find I find this one really tricky because I don't know if I don't know if uh, Kuznetsova has got enough matches in her, just enough match play, and if she's back where she has the level to um, to pull this one off. But on the flip side of the coin, Mugurusa has not been. Um, reliability herself in the past few weeks. Um, her loss to Gavrilova still remains quite puzzling in Rome. That one was a crazy roller coaster ending at 2 a.m. after having match points, after being up. You know, I think it was 4-1 or 4-love in the in the in the third set. So 
Magorisa is coming in with some question marks. Um, Kuznetsov is coming in with some question marks. But just in terms of having um, not Magorisa is not coming in having had surgery last last autumn. So um, and Kuznetsova has said that she might have underestimated how how hard it is to come back after that, and maybe she came back a little soon. So mm. my pick would be Magorisa, but I would also highly. Um, recommend to keep eyes and uh to keep keep eyes open with regards to that match because i still think there's a chance that it i would would be shocked i would be surprised if it wouldn't be surprised if it went three sets to say the very least yeah. and if she were to get through maguruta do you see any more hurdles uh for her to read the quarterfinals uh how do you see that drop panning out for her i think once she gets over the hump in terms of uh, that first round, I think that was also the worry in a way last year when she played Schiavone, once again, uh, playing a friend, former French Open champion in the first round. Um, then she can get on a roll that takes her into the second week. And I think if she gets past that first round, I think she's good for the second week. Um, but beyond that, uh, I mean, if we look past this first section, which is uh, which is headed by Mugurusa, um, and Vandeve essentially. Uh, then we come to a extremely loaded section with Gerges and Pliskova, Sharapova, Williams. So there's a lot going on there. And Laura Sigmund is is back from uh, a knee injury. So you think she has enough match play to knock off uh, Coco Manevi in the first round? From the German point of view, it's a funny one because it's a funny one and it's an interesting match, of, uh, obviously, also for me. But they've played a couple of times, and so far, Vanderway has been on the has been on the uh, winning end, both in Madrid last year, in in Stuttgart this year, and and Siegemund's not had enough matches. She said so herself. I talked to her in Rome after she lost uh, in the first round to Vesnina, and um, she has had some like her knee is getting better, but she's had like little 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 niggles here and there over the past few weeks. And she said she had, didn't have the matches that she wanted to have. And she hopes to be like 100% fit heading into Paris. So um, it's definitely an interesting, it's an interesting match. I think also it's, it'll be interesting to see how Belinda Bencic does, who has been out for a while again. Um, you've also got Samantha Stozer in there. So it's a, it's a, yeah, there, there are a lot of people who could do things, but with some of them, we don't really know like where they are in terms of, match fitness or enough match play. Uh, you read my mind. I was going to ask you about Benchit. I know she hasn't played since Indian Wells or maybe Miami. Uh, uh, how does her game, uh, if when in full flight, uh, render to the clay court tennis? Is she someone who could be a force when she's healthy and is winning matches? I personally see, I, I find her game translates better to quicker surfaces, but um, it's not like she can't play on clay like she's she's uh she's done well on clay before it's not like it's a it's it's a completely foreign foreign surface so she's got the brains and she's got like um the, the sense of court geometry i suppose also to do well on clay but personally i think for benchich it's uh i still feel like it's more of a like hard courts or, or or grass might be the might be the better might be the better surface but i'll first i'd, I'd first like to get a look like how she's how she's doing in in uh, in her first in her first round against Kesa, who qualified and who's been playing some some pretty good ball over the past few days. 
Sure. And now let's talk about the most talked about section, starting with Julia Gerges and Sibulkova. What a match. Sibulkova probably is, as we speak right now, is playing in a final. And uh, yeah, Julia Gerges is one of the informed players since uh, the end of last year. And I'm sure you've written a lot about her. So how do you see this one going? I think it's a tough first round. Gerges lost her first round to Kristina Pliskova, who will come back to very shortly as well in, uh, in Nuremberg. But she's had a bit more time, I suppose, to prepare for the French Open. Pulled out of Rome, uh, played her home event essentially in Nuremberg, and now she's um, here, hopefully this time healthy. Last year she arrived with the flu, so that was not ideal. But it's a tough first. It's it's a tough opener. I would question is whether Tubulkova has got enough left in her tank after after her run in in in, uh, in Strasbourg. So um, my money would still be on Gerges, but it's definitely that's going to be it's going to be a feisty first round. And maybe rain will help the players who are coming in from those finals in Lyon and Strasbourg because they might just not get on. Uh, you know, match court right away. Who knows? Uh, it's fairly possible. It's fairly possible that we'll have first round matches on Wednesday. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think it's a fair call for me. That's a fifty-fifty. But uh, I think yeah, Julia Gerges probably uh, uh, could also be a slight favorite. Uh, and then uh, there's a big one, Serena Williams. Uh, let's talk about her. Taking uh, uh, Christina Pliskova. Uh, what's what's the vibe surrounding Serena Williams? Uh, she she's she's been practicing shatri. We followed some of that through Roland Garros clips on Twitter. Uh, her, her coach said she's here to win the tournament. Uh, what's the expectation? What, what is the media uh, news sense where, his, where her where her game is at? And uh, have you seen her practice yourself? I've seen her practice uh, shortly in one of uh, I think it was actually one of the outer courts. It was earlier earlier today. Um, was it? four or five somewhere but not for too long and on Chatrier a few days ago but she was practicing very early all the time and it's a bit tough to it's I find it tough to um just go by practice with Serena because what because like her from practice to match play it's always such a such a it's it always feels like such a different like in terms of the of course she brings the intensity to the practice courts but it's just in as a match play there's just so much so much more to her, essentially. So, um, I, I am I'm curious to see how, especially how our first round is going to go, because uh, Pliskova, Christina, in this case, has she had a pretty good clay season, to be honest. And um, it's she, Serena's coming in without match play. I'm sure that if she wasn't ready to play and ready to make a deep run, she wouldn't be here. But um, I'm I'm cautious. Just because I feel like going in with um, having like some some crazy expectations is is uh, it, it is going a little far, um, and I would like to. I personally really like to wait until the first round so I could get a so you could really get a sense of where she's at because in training it's always if there had been matches in the past few weeks then we would maybe have a better idea but there haven't been since since Miami so. Um, Gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what how she's uh, how she's gonna um, perform against uh, Christina and um, yeah of course I mean there's been there's been questions there's been this the entire should Serena be seated should she not be seated debate over the past week which I have found um, has spun very much out of control a little bit it's a it's a good and it's an important discussion to have but it's not it it has felt very 
it has felt very knee jerky in terms of how some how some have been uh yeah how how some may, might have almost taken it a little far there's like there's several angles to look at and there's several or several people to take into consideration whether that is the other seated players whether that whether that is the uh, mums who returned to the tour before Serena so I think it's it's good to have the discussion but um, I would like I, I would yeah it's been very knee-jerky in my opinion in the past week um, but obviously Serena has been in been drawn in a very in a, in a tricky tricky um, in a tricky segment of the draw and um, I'm I'm just as I said I really would like to wait until the first match until I say hey this is my expectation or this isn't my expectation so since we haven't seen any matches so far I'll just be I'll be cautious and I'll say hey, let's just wait because as I said practice is always a very different thing compared to match play it is and then and if she does find a groove and if she starts winning this is probably a murder zoo you know going through Pliskova and then maybe Barty and Gurgis to to go to round of 16 so she should be ready if she goes through this kind of a lineup if she goes if she makes second week i'll be i'll be wow i'll be very very impressed and i don't say that because i don't think that serena could make a second week of a slam i mean serena can <laughs> serena has has uh, made second week of a slam here with uh, with a flu and with everything and looking like she was uh, like, she, like she was about to um uh, to faint as she walked off the court so uh, serena making second week is that's usually not a big, but with this kind of draw and with this sort of uh, the pocket that she's been drawn into, and um, her not coming, her coming in without any matches, her playing her first Sam since she's given birth, uh, I, I just feel like people, if people have too high expectations, it's probably, yeah, let's let's just wait and see. Is my is my is my Maxime. And the other four matches also have a lot of promise in this particular section, starting with Sharapova, who's seated 28th. Uh, she's, she's kind of found some momentum. She's looking motivated as ever. And um, I'm sure you've seen her up close in some of the matches uh, leading up to Paris. What's your take on her form and uh, how do you see her draw uh, leading up to six-seat Carolina? I feel that she has been getting progressively better and what i think what is important for her has been the fact that she's been able to go through a couple of three set matches especially in rome without uh, her forearm her left, her left arm being uh, being a problem uh, or too much of a problem at least she didn't let on to anything um and she's been she started to play better she started to get i don't know to get a winning feeling back she didn't have that from uh, from January until until May almost. So um, I think she's coming in fairly good form. Uh, I think she's obviously a favorite to in, to to make it past the first two, first two rounds against Hohenkamp and against either Bondarenko or Vekic. Uh, but then, yeah, Pliskova Pliskova Sharapova would be a would be a killer would be a truly killer third round. And um, beyond that, if we. There's a chance. There is a slight chance, I suppose, that we might end up even with with Williams, uh, with Williams and uh, Sharapova facing each other early in the second week. So it's it's a tough set. Same say on not saying the same for her as for Serena because obviously Sharapova is coming in 
with match play it's coming in having played tournaments and so on and so forth She's not coming back from um uh from from childbirth or worth it working her way back uh from 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 giving birth so that's a completely obviously completely different uh setups i suppose but uh tough draw for sharpov as well like this is this is certainly not uh not a walk in walk in the park into into the quad in, into a third round fourth round or a little into a third round isn't that hard but beyond the third round that's very very tough uh indeed it is so that's why i'm going to put you on the spot and say what name should i put next to Muguruza in the quarterfinals when all things are done according to you here I'll go with Karolina Pliskova. That's not that, you know, that, I think that's a very st- steady move considering, you know, the form of certain players. But yeah, of course, Serena Williams, like you said, could turn this thing on a dime and if she finds her momentum and, you know, we all know how legendary her, her Grand Slam, you know. She can, she, oh, if yeah. she shows up, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. She shows, shows up in that sense. All right, so let's, uh, we have finished the first half, the top half. Now we can start the bottom half uh, with the fifth seed and defending champion, uh, Alana, uh, Alona Ostapenko. And uh, what's her form like to you? Uh, I know it's a tough act to repeat. Uh, could she surprise us again? And uh, if not, uh, how do you see her draw navigating? I actually think I, I think Ostapenko has been playing pretty well this clay season. I think she's had a couple of tough losses. I think she... Could have, maybe should have won against Sharapova in Rome. Maybe um, had a had a arrived too late in Madrid, basically to get really used to the conditions and lost to Beggar in the first round. But I think Ostapenko is playing fairly well. And um, is she going to win the French Open again? I think that's a, that's a huge ask, and that's as far as I'm concerned, that's pushing it a little bit. But could Ostapenko have another really good run here into quarterfinals? Maybe even maybe even semifinals? No, I don't think that's that's entirely impossible. I think that's there's a good chance that she's gonna make second week at least, and um, from there on out, uh, yeah, all, I'm not saying all bets are off, but from there on out, uh, she pretty sure that she's a uh, she's a force to be reckoned with. Is there anyone in the section of 16 that can, uh, I'm sure there are few, who can disrupt the Ostapenko's uh, Venus Williams round of 16 matchup from happening? Um, I think I think Petra Matic could be a very tough uh, second round match for, for Venus Williams if she gets there. That's a, that's a tricky, that's a potentially tricky one. Um, and uh, for Ostapenko, of course, also possibly a second round match against Azarenka, but Azarenka's got uh, Katarzyna uh, Sinyakova next next to her in the first round, so that's not an easy draw either. So um, I think I would be um, I'd be more inclined to put stock in Ostapenko than into uh, into Venus at the moment, just because Venus round Venus uh, clay clay season so far has not been. She didn't have the matches that she possibly wanted to have over the course of the past two, uh, few weeks. Okay. So in the draw sheet, uh, are you leaning towards putting the defending champion as your uh, quarterfinalist? From... Yeah, I would be leaning towards Ostapenko making the quarters. Okay. Right, and uh, let's look at the next section, which starts with uh, Madison Keys and uh, her projected uh, fourth-round opponent is the inform. Uh, 
uh, Elena Superlina. Uh, for a lot of people, she's the player to beat. But then, uh, like uh, Sasha Zverev, she hasn't really brought her best game to the majors. Uh, so you want to look at this section. Uh, who stands out in uh, challenging uh, the overwhelming favorite that Svitolina is for this section? Yeah, to me, for, for, for me, Svitolina has looked really good in Rome. Um, really con- convincing. Has been has been pushing it on. Has been has been stepping it up, stepping into the court. Um, and I am very much. I'm very much sold on on Svitolina making quarters. I think Svitolina's got a great shot at making. Um, even making finals this year, I think she's got a really good shot at it. Uh, semis, I think I would pick Svitolina over Ostapenko, just in terms of reliability. But I think I think Svitolina's got a very good shot at making semifinals here. Any matchup in this section that you are keen about that you'll be following? Uh, is it the Kenan Osaka match? Does that excite you, or that's something maybe better off? Kenan Osaka is interesting. I'm curious to see what uh, Osaka is going to do here this week. Um, I think they're in in this entire section. There are very not too many like uh, first round matches that make you go um, that that are uh, crazy. I think Sinyaka Vazarenka is very good. Konta Putinseva could be very interesting. Um, but I think this is the section that would pan out really nicely if things, if the chips fall the right way. We're going to have a couple of very, very good, uh, uh, really good second, third round matches and fourth round matches. Uh, and the former champion Schiavone is also living right in the next line to Svitolina. Mm. Potentially, it's great to great to see her back in the main. Great to see her in the main draw. Great to see her win three matches in a row for the first time since uh, Rabat. 2017 so that's really cool and she's been enjoying a glass of wine after each win here and uh been was very very happy after she qualified the other day so um yeah it's it's great to see her back there it's great to see her still have that have that passion for the game and why should she like people like when's she gonna stop playing why should she stop playing if she if she can make for example here the main draw out of her out of her own power and she hasn't been granted a wild card and people are saying well probably should give a former champion a wild card so um but that's an entire different different uh different discussion i'm not sure we should go there <laughs> no no that's totally fine yeah be, i think we've gone there many times on twitter so yeah let's keep it uh more strictly to what's going on in the draw or what's going to happen so th- that brings us to the last quarter uh that's from petra kovitova all the way down to caroline wozniaki so petra kovitova has been uh playing some I think, great tennis this year uh um She's uh, she's never a super consistent player, but she brings out her best in stretches. And this year, she's a, she's had those stretches quite often. And uh, how do you see her form coming into this tournament? Uh, is she a true favorite? Or is she a dark horse to win this thing? Uh, how do you see her? It's interesting. It's interesting. I I think we all kind of see uh, Kvitova as more of a favorite than than she sees herself as a favorite too. And when like people have. Several people have been asking, like, so how do you how do you see your chances for the French Open? I mean, you've won two clay court titles in a row now, and uh, so are you one of the favorites? And she just she laughs it off. So she's she's feeling well, like she's feeling well. She's been playing well. Um, uh, she's playing tremendous uh, during during Prague and Madrid. I'm not even sure she always played her very best tennis, but it's like that she has been able to bring this. In I don't know she's won twelve, eleven matches in twelve days, 
during that time frame from that Tuesday in Prague until the Saturday in Madrid. So I, I thought that was that was tremendously impressive what she did there. And if she is able to bottle up that form or that ability to just bring it during every match, I, I you can't you can't necessarily rule out a, a Kvitova making another making a semi final run here. But she's got. She's got a tricky, to me, she's got a tricky section. Um, Zepederoy can bring a lot of balls back. Uh, Kontaveit, to me, is next to um, next to Kiki Bertens, the, I suppose, true dark horse. Kontaveit's been playing very well this clay season, has been racking up really good runs, and she's only lost to the uh, in the last three tournaments to the eventual champion, losing to Pliskova in Stuttgart, losing, losing to... Uh, Kvitova in Madrid and losing to Svitolina in Rome. So she's been playing some really good ball and that would be a very tough hurdle in the third round. So Sloane Stevens could be Petra Kvitova's uh, projected uh, round of 16 opponent. Uh, he's not coming in with the best of form. How do you see her form uh, leading up to this tournament? Uh, is she a uh, candidate for early casualty? I'm not, sure she's an, I'm not sure she's a candidate for really early casualty, but I'm not sure she's a strong candidate to make a deep run. Um, I would, if if I look at that section, I think uh, Anastasia Sevastova has proven her her clay court um, uh, CV, or has got a good clay court CV. And uh, if you, if I were, if if push came to shove, and you made me pick between anyone in this section, then I would say Sevastova is quite likely to make um, make a fourth round here. And uh, last but not the least is. Uh section that starts from Kasakina goes all the way to the Australian Open champion. Uh, how do you see uh, who, who are the who are the favorites in this one to come through? Wozniaki hasn't been really uh, playing, you know, to the best of her ability lately, but uh, is she still the player to beat in this in this section? Yes, and also no. It's this is this feels fairly open for all of them like the this is a tricky one in terms of make really picking out a clear favorite to make a make a run to the to the quarters here um i personally think canepi has proven time and time again that she can be good on on clay and has played well here in the past and with her she's she's like this uh it's like an estonian mystery like you never quite know what you're going to get with her and um on the flip side of the coin she's facing Kas- uh, kasatkina in the first round whose game should be made to clay, but the question is, can she put it together? There's still, there are weeks when she can, there are weeks when she can't, and when she can't, it can, it can, matches can go away from her very quickly. Um, I think Carla Suarez Navarro might not be the worst pick to make a quarter run here. Um, but especially if it's like if it's cold and and wet and heavy, I think Wozniaki is not necessarily going to enjoy that all too much. Um, not cold, but at least wet and heavy um, in terms of conditions. Not sure she's going to enjoy that all that much. And uh, yeah, but a couple of very interesting first round matches there. As I said, Kasatkina Kanepi is very interesting. A slice duel between uh, Flipkins and and Maria. Erani Kone, I think, will be um, that will be on on Chatre tomorrow. So that should be that should be wild in terms of uh, it could go could go three hours if the rain permits it. So a couple of very interesting matches. But um, uh, let's not quick mention Timia Bashinsky has pulled out of the tournament because she wasn't able to rehab her calf injury that she sustained in Rabat last year's semi finalist um, at the French. 
so that's a for me that's a, that's very sad to hear and she was also quite very yeah very emotional about it in press earlier and so should i put uh, carla suarez navarro as the projected quarterfinals against uh, petra kvitova is that where we leaning go for it go for it let's let's sure. let's go with that oh, so we have your eight quarterfinals thanks for doing this you want to uh, break it down now halep Garcia Burton. So I just put both names there. So who's coming out there to be the semifinalist on the top? I'm tempted to go out on a limb and say Burton's. <laughs> not a bad pick and probably not alone doing that too. And who is the Burton semifinalist? Uh, is it Maguruta or Pliskova? Pliskova. Okay, so you have your first semifinal thanks to Renee Denfeld here. And the bottom half, thank you, Svetlina. You only said it's going to be Svetlina, I think. I, I'm going with Svetlina here, yes. And uh, Kvitova or Suarez Navarro? Tricky. I will go with Kvitova. And then I will just wrap this up really quickly. I think even though she lost to her quite handily in Stuttgart, I will go with Bertens into the finals as well as Svitolina. And I will pick Svitolina to win the French Open. <laughs> Watch it all fall to pieces in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Yeah, you, you never know. I think, uh, yeah, it, I think it's a very seed-heavy quarterfinal representation, but you never know. I mean, it, it can very well happen, and if not, you know, we all have, all have been there. But yeah, I think these are some very good uh, predictions here. It's predictions. We all know things could go. Uh, as as a certain Alexander Zverev said in press yesterday, a lot of things can happen in the slam, which very true. <laughs> all right, on that note, let's switch. Uh, switch to the men. Man, yeah, and let's start with Sasha Zverev himself. So, how's it been? I know we spoke about this last year. Let's start from the bottom. Uh, how's it been covering this man, and uh, and how is he seen in Germany? I know we've talked about this with the Haas and Kiefer and Kohlschreiber. They were like legit players, but now you finally have a contender, and uh, who can replace the you know who can settle the dust from the Becker Steak era and finally have someone who can be lifting these trophies very soon. I think it's uh it's obviously great for the country to have someone um uh, to have someone in there on the men's side uh, on the men's side uh, who is uh who's firmly inside the top 5 of the rankings who's winning the big tour events um but I think in order to like make this transition into um into like the broad public's frame of mind I think he that this this is this is where I think a big a deep run at the slam is going to help, or a couple of deep runs at the slam, because tennis has been kind of pushed back a little bit in the in the in the heads of the people. There's only three uh, um, three tournaments that you can you can watch them on uh, on Eurosport. The um, the Aussie Open, French Open, and US Open they're available to watch in Eurosport, of course, but it's not broadcast by the I'd say the BBC equivalent. Uh, in Germany anymore. So tennis is not the sport that is on like main, main, mainstream TV. So um, I think a few deep runs and majors will would do a world of, not a world of good, not that I'm not sure he needs that, but um, it would certainly help put him more into the consciousness of um, of the average of, of, of the mainstream or average German, I suppose, who is not a, not a tennis fan or not a tennis aficionado or whatever. Absolutely. And, and how has it been personally for you as a German uh, uh, journalist covering uh, the rise of Zverev? I've attended uh, you know, a few media events and I've gotten to speak uh, with him in press. 
And uh, I'm not going to hold it against him, but I just f- found him a little bit, you know, like a, like a good cockiness, a young arrogance, uh, like a know-it-all kind of, uh, you know, response. He was not disrespectful, but there was always like the so what. He can what- snap back. He can snap back. Yes, he snap. He can. He can. If he he's he. Yeah. If if he senses there's I don't know, a sub, a subtext and a question, he will. Be very quick to um, to uh, not snap back, but to uh, to call that out as he sees it. Um, yeah, he's he's pretty he's laid back. I think he he's good. I think he knows he's good. Um, so that of course, there's a bit of a yeah, there's a bit of a, a um, brash, youthful vibe, I suppose, about him. That's certainly true. Um, but he's also he's also. Sorry, is it mm-hmm. an easy guy to write about? Because I know as a professional writer who's covering these players, uh, I know some players could be like boring and mechanical, but does he give you enough shades to write about as a writer? Does he give you enough freedom? I'm sure you've spoken to him at length and how covering tennis is something. So how do you go about that? No, I think he's, um, he's get, I feel he's quite matter of fact sometimes. But he also lets and he also drops little little details here and there, little uh, interesting facts left and right, so that you can you can build around a little bit and you don't have to just go one way street in terms of how you how you write about him. Um, thought his pre pre tournament press yesterday was was quite good, where he basically alluded to the fact that he lost the finals in Rome, and that might not have been the worst thing uh, in terms of just. If he had won it, I think there would have been the, the, the hype machine would have been would have yeah. been a lot quicker, and he knows that as well. Um, yeah, it was he. He just looked back at like coming in last year, coming into the tournament this year. Last year, he said I was twenty, I won a Masters title, I made top ten all in like five or six days, and then that was a lot to take in, and I didn't really have the that much experience in terms of how to handle it all. And this year, of course, I won a Masters title in Madrid, but I'm. A year older. I've got a bit more experience. I'm a bit calmer. So um, yeah, it was. I thought yesterday was pretty good in in um, in, in press, and it was it gave the kind of picture where I see it as well. Where I think that last year, of course, he came in and people were quite bullish on his uh, on his chances. I was quite bullish on his chances, and then he ran up against a very dangerous Fernando Velasco in the first round. It can happen. And one more question before we start breaking down his draw. Uh, the coaching rumors surrounding him are always there. Of course, till Becker got the job as a director of the German Federation, his name was there. And now Lendl's name was doing rounds in Miami. Is there any more names uh, attached right now to the Sasha Zverev uh, coaching role? Or has it kind of I've died? not heard any new names in the past two weeks or so. Like since, uh, since I think it was... Like, there were some there was some talk in April, but I think this month has been fairly. Um, there's not been a lot of uh, yeah new developments, at least none that I've heard of. Maybe I'm completely out of the loop. Who knows? But um, no, I've not heard anything over the past few weeks. I suppose. Uh, sure. So let's uh, glance at his uh, section. He's living right at the bottom of the draw as a number two seed, and working uh, against Barankis. And then could potentially lie over to Vesely. So you see any threat uh, leading up to say even further down the road for him? I personally think he's got he got a very he got a good draw into into the second week. He's got a good draw to make uh, quarterfinals for the first time in his career in a 
in a in a slam. Yeah, um, there there could have been far more far more trickier um, trickier opponents in in uh, yeah in the early rounds. He could have run at run up against. Um, for example, I think Djokovic in the fourth round that didn't that didn't happen. Um, Nishikori in the in the uh, fairly early on that didn't happen either. So um, I think he's got a good draw. I think he's got a workable draw. Um, and with in, with res- with regards to the other two higher seeds on the other side, um, with Pui and Vavrinka, there's still there's some question marks to me with regards to Pui because he's been. I think he's been iffy over the past couple of weeks. Not not been stringing together the results that I think many people are kind of thinking he should have, but he kind of didn't have them. So that's a bit, uh, yeah, but a, a tough one and not an easy first round against Daniel Medvedev. And um, Vavrinka is still that's still early doors in terms of him really putting his foot down um, to make. Uh, to make another, uh, to make a deep run, he's defending finalist. But I think uh, I would temper expectations. I would keep them, keep them quite uh, not modest, but I wouldn't wouldn't uh, skyrocket them. So I think Zverev is the favorite to make quarters here. So that's what I can. That that's how I see it. Um, and but yeah, a lot can happen during two weeks. I think he's been favorite to make quarters and to make semis for a couple of slams now and hasn't been able to break that duck, I suppose. But uh, I would be surprised if he didn't make fourth round here. No, same here. But uh, again, uh, I've mentioned on this podcast quite a few times that Luca Pui has been my uh, dark horse for the clay season and uh, I'm one of them in, in, the, in the camp where he's come up short and a lot of expectations were there. I've written about it. And uh, I still think if he can muster a three uh, three wins in a row and plays uh, Zverev and Ashatriya and the crowd, and if he has confidence, that can, be a, tricky, that can be a tricky match. But I think Zverev is you know no one to shy is not the one to shy from the challenges. So I think it's safe bet uh, that he breaks it. Uh, he breaks the hurdle here, and uh, he's also my pick for the quarterfinals. And then so, who is he going to play? That's uh, uh, Dominic Thiem is the projected quarterfinalist. Again, an informed guy. Uh, I believe he was down to Simon today in Lyon in the final. Not sure if the final is over. Uh, how do you see that section with uh, with Thiem? And yeah, I've, I've uh, Thiem is still down a set and a break to to Gilles Simon, which I find on. It's actually not a match that, to be honest, that's a final that Dominic Thiem should be winning. Quite frankly, um, the team has made semifinals here two years ago, and he won in uh, in Nice against Zverev in the finals. Team made semifinals here last year, and he didn't play the week before. So I'm not sure if it makes a massive difference whether he plays the week before or whether he doesn't, because he's putting in such a workload that I don't think he'll be arriving here completely spent. I don't think so personally. Um, Got a potentially interesting second round if uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas makes it um, makes it through as well. I think that would be one a lot of people would be looking forward to. If we're looking at this entire bracket, um, I've got Team Nishikori making uh, making the fourth round, and that's that's where it gets tough. That's where I feel it could be a tricky. It's a tricky one to pick. I would go with Team. 
just because I'm never quite sure whether Nishikori's body is going to hold up over a fortnight. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of doubt I think uh, his injuries have created, uh, even among his you know most astute followers. But Nishikori definitely can play the highest of levels if he's firing on all cylinders. We know we know that. Uh, but also- very well against Djokovic the other weekend in Rome. Thought it was a very good performance, especially in the first set. But you never quite know when something's going to come up with him again. There's also I'm not, potential- sure, I'm not sure he knows. There's also potential reunion uh, for Dominic team with his old friend Ernest Gulbis, who's come back from the dead, has won like what six matches in the last two weeks in the Bordeaux Challenger, and now coming through three tough qualifying opponents. If Gulbis, I think, uh, needed a good seed, I think Jules Muller hasn't really been lighting up himself. Mm. No, I think Gulbis got a very good, Gulbis got a theoretically very workable draw there into the third round. Jules yeah. Muller, um, yeah, is, is one of the weakest seeds in, in the entire draw. And um, I remember, it's been a while since Team and, and Gulbis have played each other, but from what I can recall, those matches have always been pretty awful. <laughs> They've been pretty bad, and I think they both admitted as much because they were both working, of course, with Gunter Bresnik. They get along; they got along really quite, uh, quite well. So there was always like this weird energy during. I'm not, I'm not even sure when that was. I think it's been two years, or maybe maybe well, even two and a half years. But um, there was a weird energy, little like when they played. So um, I would pick team here, but that would be uh, an interesting third round match. It would be definitely. The team's winner, if we can lock that up. Uh, can lock I, that up. Yeah. And I'm with you. I think that's something, uh, it's, it's, even though there's no security, I think the likelihood of team coming coming through is uh, higher at this point. Uh, that takes us to the number four seed, Grigor Dimitrov, who's again uh, coming in a very mediocre, uh, if that's a polite way of saying, uh, clay court campaign. Started off okay in Monte Carlo, and since then it's been just uh, down, downhill. And he yeah. made uh, Viktor Troisky, who dismissed him in the same round two years ago when Dimitrov was coming into after the, you know, that Istanbul debacle where he had match points yes. against uh, Schwarzman. I think uh, yes. second, second time lucky, or not lucky, second time Troisky can uh, deliver here or this time you think Dimitrov... I'm not sure Troisky can deliver, can deliver, but Grigor Dimitrov, I'm... I hope no one takes this the wrong way, but Grigor Grigor does not feel like the fourth seed in this tournament. It is very, it's very weird. He's uh, he's been coming in. It's it's Claycourt season has been very much below par. Um, and yeah, I I'm curious to see what he's going to do here, but I don't have a lot of faith in him going going very far. I think Dimitrov could. I'm not sure he's going to lose to Troitsky second time round, but he could lose to Donaldson. He could lose to Vedasco. Um, if he if he makes it into a sec in, into um, makes it out of this this first bracket, uh, makes it past the third round, I am almost convinced that he would lose to um, to which brings me forward actually to the bracket above to Djokovic in the in the fourth round. So. There you have. You actually have my quarterfinal pick. I, I will go with, um, um, or, yeah, quarterfinal pick would be Novak Djokovic here. Novak Djokovic, yeah. I would also uh, like to mention uh, Chile's uh, Nicolas Jari. I think he could be very tricky against if Dimitrov does come through against. So yeah, and then uh, it's uh, Djokovic in the quarterfinals. Who would be Djokovic's opponent? Uh, we can. Start looking at that part of the draw now. 
We can. Uh, I think there's a couple of very interesting matches in this part, a couple of very interesting first-round matches. Um, the one I think that everyone wants to see is Tomic Kyrgios. I am. I hope it's going to happen. And I mean, after all, Kyrgios did win doubles title today, which is good for him. It's good that he was playing this week. Do I think he is healthy enough to play best of five on clay? I'm not sure. I am I'm unconvinced. I'm not sure how far this is going to go. I'm not I'm still cautious with regards to whether that first round is going to happen or not. Um but my overall pick in order uh, making it out of this entire section with uh uh Goffer and Karenio Bustar at the top. I'm going to be very boring here and I'll go with David Goffer and I hope I hope he's going to make the quarterfinals here also maybe to um, to make up for his bad luck last week, last year here, where he uh, rolled his ankle over a rain tarp. So um, hopefully, no more freak injuries for David Goffin. But an interesting first round between him and, and Robin Hase in a like a Benelux duel. So that should be that could be quite quite entertaining. But my pick overall is uh, Goffin to face Djokovic in the in the quarters. Sure, uh, but going back to Novak Djokovic's uh, little section there, uh, you think uh, Batista Agut could be? Uh... Could be a tough, uh, tricky foe uh, if Djokovic. And- I th- think he could be a tricky opponent. I think he could, but I think Djokovic will win it in. I would go with Djokovic in four, something like this. This is my gut feeling right now. Tricky, potentially tricky opponent, but not not the one where I'm like, okay, uh, uh, the the roadblock to end all roadblocks. Yeah, they played in the similar, I think. Uh, they played in the fourth round when Djokovic, the year he won uh, Roland Garros, and it was a four-set four match. So, yeah, uh, we definitely keep an eye on Patrice uh, Sargut and Djokovic if that match does take place. And going back to Kyrgios and Tomic, I, I, I agree with you. This match, uh, I think this match will take place, but uh, I, I'm also not sure if Nick Kyrgios is ready to go five sets in singles. Um, this may not be a five-setter, actually, and uh, first set would be key. I think uh, Kyrgios, like most great players or potential great players, doesn't want to lose to you know countrymen, and uh, there's always like some sort of a pride involved. I remember Safin Davidenko uh, almost a decade ago, and the first set was very entertaining, but then Davidenko just had too much in the gas. And I think uh, we can see a close first set if Tomic wins a set. Uh, I don't know if Kyrgios is going to go the distance in this match, but yeah, let's uh, uh, let's look forward to that one because that could be fireworks if it does happen. A lot of talent. In the two, uh, Gael Monfils is also in that section. Uh, uh, it could be potentially playing uh, uh, David Goffin. Uh, could be, but also coming in, coming in with injury question marks, with some injury concerns. So um, there, there's, for example, like Klesan barely scraped through qualifying, but I wouldn't be surprised if, for example, Klesan took out. Mofis in the second round. I don't think that is entirely out of the question. I think it's a very fair shout because Fleason on his day can really stay with the best. And if uh, that match does happen and Mofis is still not 100%, yeah, that, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, definitely Fleason Goffin could happen. And Goffin himself has uh, a tough first round against uh, Hassa, so that's uh, not taking anything for granted. But I also like Goffin coming through the section to the quarterfinals. Look at us agreeing on almost everything. It's a miracle. <laughs> the only disagreement I, I might have is, uh, which I, again, it's 50 50. I think, uh, depending, I'm still not convinced. I was telling this to someone else on the other day in the podcast. 
I'm not going to judge Djokovic right now just because he showed up for that challenge against Nadal. I think he has every reason to. But I'm going to be more keen uh, following Novak's matches in the early rounds. I think those are the matches when he was playing his best tennis. He was dismissing opponents 2-3-2 or, you know, fairly routinely. And uh, and that that's a very tough match if Novak is still not uh, back to his absolute best in terms of consistency. I think Batista Agut has all the weapons to make it a long day. And he could, so and he could a, have a war of attrition with David Ferrer. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, David Ferrer has uh, his hands full in the first round against, I think, Countryman. This, uh, yeah. Mona, I think that could be a tricky match. Especially the way Ferrer lost last week, I think, uh, to Goyovchik, I think. Uh, pretty cleanly in, in Geneva. So, yeah, let's uh, let, let's see. I mean, anything can happen on a given day, but uh, I think Batista Agut is a potential threat from the Gopan Djokovic uh, quarterfinal to happen. Very fresh out. Fresh out. Uh, then Juan Martin Del Potro, one of the most talked about tennis players uh, outside of the big three and uh, with all good reasons. You know, uh, How is his form coming in? I know he didn't finish in Rome. Do you think there's any lingering effect of that injury? Or he's... Uh, have you talked to, uh, talk to someone in the Argentine uh, press reps? I've, I've, uh, seen, what I've they... seen him practice twice. Um, didn't look in the best of moods two or three days ago when he practiced with Gaffa. <laughs> um, looked better looked better yesterday but i think um it's look it's a it still sounds like it's a not not the easiest injury to manage and um especially on clay when you slide in slide into your shots when you have when you have especially this like like groin hip um that like that all of that in 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 high demand i think it's not it's something that i think could flare up again i'm not sure of course, I don't know. Uh, I don't necessarily know like what what his uh, physical, precise physical shape is right now, or how bad it is, or how much physio, or how much treatment he needs. He didn't do press the other day, so um, for me, Del Potro is still a bit of a question mark. And as a result of Del Potro being a bit of a question mark, um, I um, I think his section is fairly open. It feels quite open at least because if he's healthy and if he's fit, good. But also if he has a bit of a, a slight injury issue on um, with, and if that keeps coming up again with the groin, for example, then I'm doubtful with regards to how far he can go uh, in best of five on clay. So I'm not too bullish on Juan Martín del Potro's chan- chances, to be honest with you. Uh, if, if, if he's not 100%, a Leonardo Meyer could t- could take him out in the second round in the battle of in of uh, compatriots, and also in yeah, they had a great, they had a great match in Miami, and I think uh, yeah, I agree. I think Leo Meyer is my pick here as well, uh, who could uh, potentially knock out the number five seed. I, and then it's very open. Then it's very open. Um, then it feels like quite a number of people could make a could make a run to the quarters here. I am struggling. I'm really struggling to pick someone. Uh, I'm half t- I'm half tempted to go with uh, with uh, Ramos Vinolas, but that's very that's like that's it's kind of it's almost like we've got like four or five possibilities and i'm throwing my hands up in the air and saying it could be could be quite a few a few people i don't know do you, yeah, have, anyone, do you have anyone where you think okay that what that person's going to make quarters here 
what is a tough task because you have to win four best of five matches. But I, I agree with you. Ramos Manolas hasn't shown the kind of form, but then he has done it before. Kasparud is someone who I think has a game to excel here, but this is the first time in the main draw. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Burdick is not inspiring much confidence either of late. Uh, yeah, my dark horse here is Shadi. If he can get through the first match, I think uh, he can play on some you know house money and and the crowds uh, will will be rallying behind him. I, I see him someone who's uh, who can make the quarters or it, or, uh, or Harash Zabayas, I think can take out potentially John Isner who doesn't have a great five-set record, even though a lot of people are saying he has an outside chance of uh, challenging Nadal, but I think that's a that's long a very, way. That's a very, very long way. I'm not sure I would put John Isner into the third round, whereas I would, of course, I think with Nadal, there's very little discussion where I would place him at the moment in terms of how deep he can go or can't go. So I find that I, I also find that a very long shout, but... Um, yeah, this one, this section to me is wide open and it's d- depending on how Del Potro shows up. If he doesn't show up 100%, it's, it opens up even more. Okay, uh, so I'll still uh, fill in the name here. I think Meyer and Shadi will play in the sixth round of 16 for a place in the quarters. I think we can go with that. Then uh, we're looking at Kyle Edmund uh, in the next seed. Uh, and his uh, section includes talented names like Fabio Fonini. And uh, also, Martin Fruksovic has been uh, really timing the ball. I've seen some of his tennis this week. Uh, I think he has a potential. It's a very interesting match if Fruksovic and uh, Edmund do pair up in the second round. Yep, I think that would be that would be a good one. Uh, I think Edmund Deminauer could be quite good. It could be quite quite a long match. Maybe not in terms of sets, but in terms of how much tennis is being played and how much balls uh, Deminauer is going to bring back. Um, I think to me. I'm quite bullish on Edmund's chances here. Actually, I think he's got a he's got a reasonable shot of making um, making the fourth round. Very good shot, actually. I would put, I would pick him over Fanini, but just about, but barely. Like a, it's a tough one, but I think he could could do it. And then um, then I'm I'm. I've got uh, I've got Marin Cilic making uh, making fourth round as well, and Cilic and, and Edmund fighting out the. Um, fighting it out for a spot in the quarters. Chilich and Edmund, yeah. That, we, can, we can put Chilich and Edmund's name there. So that's a round of 16 matches. So are you leaning towards anyone to fill in the name here? I'm leaning towards Chilich, but not not by much. Okay. So we can put Chilich uh, versus Meyer slash Shardy. Yeah. I've been thinking about maybe a, I, if... If Carl Edmund makes another back to back semifinals, that it wouldn't shock me either if, if Edmund makes semifinals out of that section. But I will go I'll go with Chilich and I'm yeah, that that would be my pick. Uh Chilich did play uh, I think in semifinals in Rome and he, he, he looked good leading up to that point and even uh, I believe played a very close semifinal against Sasha before uh, Zverev uh, won in straight sets. So he's someone who can definitely Yeah. He looked decent in Rome. And he's been yeah. to the quarters before, and he's someone who, who knows how to go deep in majors. So that, I think, uh, is a different beat himself in best of five. And I think once you have done it, uh, I think Chilich is sometimes not getting enough credit because he's living in this, you know, the trifecta era of Djokovic, Federer, Nadal. I think he's kind of made his name, name for himself. He's played more finals than Del Potro at majors. Yeah, he's he's been Chilich has been getting stuff done at majors in the past couple of months. And from to me that that counts for quite a bit. So, um, yeah, I'm 
this is why I've got him in the quarters. All right, so now let's move to the top quarter where at the bottom is Kevin Anderson. And he could be, you know, could, he could have a tricky start against uh, Paolo Lorenzi and then potentially Cuevas or Bethany, who both are pretty good on clay. So how do you see his uh, yeah. campaign starting here? I think he's been playing quite well in Madrid, but I also think that um, that was that that it was maybe a little bit buoyant by the fact that the surf flies a bit more in Madrid, that the conditions are a bit faster. Um, tricky, uh, I think. I would pick I would pick Anderson to make um make fourth make fourth uh, round out of that section. A couple of interesting matches I think for just in terms of the pure tennis I think Lopez Tachowski is uh is interesting that it's happening on clay um but in Cuevas could be a good first round um so not some 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 tricky opponents, um, but I think if he gets past the first two, I think he'll defeat either of Lopez, Tachowski, Zver- Misha Zverev, or Florian Meyer. So um, I'll go with Anderson into the fourth round, but it's to me that's not really a done deal. Okay. And uh, his uh, his opponent in the fourth round would be the Diego Schwartzman, uh, Philip Goldschreiber. How do you see that uh, little section there? I think that's a pretty tough little section, to be honest with you. Um, especially Churich Coltriver feels like that's that's a, that's to me on paper like the toughest first round, or the, the first round where it feels like um, kind of both players should be seated, but somehow they aren't. And um, this is this one is tricky to me. This is one of the trickiest. Uh, I would give all of Schwartz. I would give possibly Schwartzman and uh, and Chorich the best chance. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chorich lost in the first round to Kolschreiber. That could also happen. But I'll go with um, I'll go with Schwartzman, and uh, I actually think Schwartzman might have a shot at upsetting Anderson in the fourth round. And I'll pick Schwartzman to make quarters. Right, so Schwartzman versus Chilich. No, we're in top. We're in top half. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. No, I, so, uh, no uh, I think this is a fair call, but I'm gonna go a different path. I think Bona Chorich. I think uh, we showed glimpses in Indian Wells of what he can do, especially his uh, partnership with PRT. I think he showed a lot of focus. Walshaber is playing really good. I'm gonna go out here and pick Chorich, uh, and I think Chorich and Schwartzman could be a tricky third down. Uh, but I'm thinking uh, I'm, I'm leading Chorich Anderson in the fourth, and I think Chorich is my quarterfinalist. Okay. I think that's totally reasonable as well. I, that's why I said I have good issues picking someone there. I wouldn't be surprised if Chorich does it. And that brings us to where the you know all-time great that you know, the king of clay and uh, you know all the accolades must deserve Rafa Nadal's top section and Jack Sock uh, probably is the. Uh, I don't want to use the word sitting duck, but I think he's he's probably the name most qualifiers were hoping to draw against because this he hasn't won I think two matches in a row since winning uh, in Bercy, and uh, he has yeah he has not had a good year. No, he'll probably he'll there's a chance he'll block me for that, but he has not had a good year. I know he's already blocked me, so never mind. Um, so yeah, I, I am. I would say I'm I'm not I'm not. Not very bullish on Jack Sock's chances with regards to this to this tournament. I'm, I I think 
I think Shapovalov makes it out of the out of that little segment into the into the fourth round. I th- um, think Shapovalov Matra would could be a fun fun little battle between two lefties that could be quite interesting. Um, and I think he'll he'll prove he'll prove his. Uh, uh, I think Shapovalov will prove himself quite quite well this tournament because he's acquitted himself quite well to the clay over the past couple of weeks, even though he hasn't racked up a big amount of results before this season on clay obviously but i think he's applied himself very well to the surface and he's been working pretty hard so i've got shapovalov making making the fourth there's round. an interesting match here next to shapovalov uh, melman is the harrison madrer match and madrer who mm. harrison had some choice words earlier in the year or was it another opponent i mean who hasn't harrison had words <laughs> with <laughs> to be quite fair <laughs> Um, no, I think it's it could be a fun match. Could be a good match. Uh, I think Matter is, is is more is more at home on clay. That's why I'm picking him. Not because he's German. That's not that's not how I go about these things. But I think he's a bit more home on clay, and um, that's why I'm going with him making second round, but then losing to Shapovalov. Okay, so uh, and then there's Rafa Nadal and. Uh... Starting his campaign against uh, Alexander Dolgopolov, uh, do you see anyone even taking a set in the first few rounds here? And even if they got to take three off of him, who's going to take three off of him? I think that's the big question. And if anyone else knows any names, I'm very happy to to hear the suggestion. Like from example, from from the top half. But right now, I think uh, I think Rafa is going to. Yeah, Rafa is going to make it out of this section. I, if, if Richard Gasquet pulls off the upset that after, I don't know, sixteen or seventeen years after their Petit Ass match in in, in, uh, in when they were like thirteen or fourteen or whatever, that would be the the shock of uh, the shock of the year. But um, yeah, Nadal's making the fourth round. And... No, Nadal has been, you know, like praying on the one hand, backhand, and his game just measures up so well. And Gasquet is probably the uh, least member of that one hand, backhand club who can even, I think, trouble Nadal and definitely not in play. But you're right. That'll be the shock of the year, maybe shock of the decade if, you know, that happens. But uh, let me ask you about Shapovalov. There's a lot of talk about him. Uh, and to beat Nadal, and even to beat Federer and those guys on other surfaces, uh, you need to have a game and you also need to have the belief. And uh, Shapovalov, like Nick Kyrgios and uh, Zverev, is kind of in the same mold, who's not afraid to go against his big names. So you think on a given day, like on a rainy, damp, uh, Philippe Chartrier, where the bounces has been kind of neutralized, do you see him as a potential opponent who could delight the crowd and at least take a set off Nadal? You see that happening in the round? I think he could play a set close. I'm not sure he's going to take a set off of him, but I think he could take could play a set close. Like a five-seven set or something. I think that would be. That's what I might. What that's my feeling. But beyond that, I I don't see him taking a set off of it. It's just pure gut feeling right now. But I think uh, I think he'll compete well. I think that's what he'll do, and that's that's uh, that's already a good a step in the right direction, especially considering that he does not have the vast amount of experience yet of playing on clay and also playing in, in Paris. Absolutely. So let's uh, uh, wrap this up now. So we have all the quarterfinals. So Nadal, uh, is that uh, quarterfinal? Um, yes, that would be my quarterfinal. I would be very, um, very surprising pick. I will pick Nadal to make to make semifinals. Shocking. Uh, 
with Nadal, there's a caveat. So you have to also say how many sets because you know those are those are like the steps. Um, I don't think I don't think uh, Nadal's gonna lose a set until the semis. Um, I don't see him looking. I don't see him losing a set in the semis either. And then then it gets tricky. I don't think he'll lose a set until the semis. And then it depends a little bit on how everything has panned out and who he's going to face in the finals. If maybe he might lose a set or not. So who's he playing in the semis? Then let's go further. In the semis, he's going to play Marin Cilic. I don't see him. I don't see him lose a set there. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair shout. I think I, I I see Cilic getting the better of uh, Meyer or Shadi for sure. Uh, that's my pick too. So in the bottom half, uh, Goffa and Djokovic, uh, who, who comes out of that 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 battle? Uh, it's a t- that's a tough one. That for me, that's like one of the toughest to call. Uh, I will go with um, I'll go with uh, David Goffa. I'm not sure if I can if I have a, like a proper reason for it or not. It's just I'll go with Goffa. That, that, that's a very fair shout. But again, uh, for me, if Novak Djokovic has made it that far, uh, I think he will he will have enough he'll have enough reasons to I think uh, go to the next round. Because, uh, but again, that's a contradiction to last year. He did make the quarters and then had a very uh, non-Djokovic performance against Team. Uh, but Goffan Djokovic in the quarters, uh, I would uh, I, I think Djokovic uh, advances to the semis. And then that brings us to the last match, which is easily the semi before the semi. That's the uh, teams where if they're meeting way too early. They're easily the second and third best clay court player, no matter how you want to go about it. So how do you break that? Who do you got? <laughs> Who do you got? Um, it's this is tough because recency would make me say would make me go for Zverev, whereas experience in Paris and just best of three record makes me go for team so it's a bit of a toss-up um i will go uh, i'll go with dominic team here and um then team and goffa that's also like one of the that's a slightly tricky matchup particularly for dominic um and i Let's just say I'll go with I'll go with team first. I'll have a team Goffa semi-final. Um, for me, team Zverev uh, I think is a very tough match, but I think Zverev has been playing well, and I think the match in Madrid, uh, team had some sort of an urgency. I don't want to make excuses. I don't, I'm not in in his head, but it seemed like the first game kind of gave away how tight he was that match. Nothing to take away how well Zverev was serving, and the dude mm. probably had a factor. So I think, uh, and Philippe Chartrier, if they were to square off, I like team chances because I think that's a clay court that's more suited to his game. Now that Zverev can win the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to contradict myself here because I've picked Zverev in some of the brackets, but I think purely from analytical point of view, if they both are playing their best, I think team might have just a little more overall game on clay uh, on that court. And uh, his matchup against Goffin, I agree with you, is very tricky because they have had some close battles even outside of clay because uh, yeah. Goffin returns really well and he's into a lot of dominant team service games. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Nadal team final. I'm going to go with the Nadal Goffin final and I have Nadal winning. So I think, I, I think Goffin is, very unfortunate. <laughs> is an unfortunate uh, opponent for team. 
they haven't played this year, of course. So that's a slightly different thing. And of course, in uh, the, they met in the quarterfinals here two years ago when it was when everything got rained under. So who knows if we'll see something similar again this year? But I'll go. It's it's interesting, yeah. Nadal, Nadal, Nadal got five final is where I somehow ended up. As we speak of that, Goffin has uh, sorry team has leveled the final uh, in uh, Lyon. He's taken the second set tiebreak seven one, so he's still alive there. Uh, the marathon man, I think he's very much like Muster. A lot of us, I think, gave him grief. And uh, in any complaining so much, yeah, and just being out on the court forever. I think it suits him. I think his mentality is to play more. And in a lot of ways, Nadal played more, but then Nadal competes at a very high level. He goes deep, so no one holds that against him. But team, I think, is also in somewhat similar mold. He wants to play more tennis, and he feels more comfortable. He feels, uh, you know, he believes probably more in his abilities if he has bat- matches under his belt. And that being said, I think he will beat Goffin, and uh, him and Nadal will be a five-set final in Roland Garros. And uh, I know it's very, uh, it, it's tough anyone to even take a set from Nadal, but I've been saying that team has the game. If he can just get that first set under the belt, I think Nadal probably wins in five sets. But I think it's going to be one of the better finals. I would, I would appreciate a really good final. I don't quite see it happening, but I would really appreciate it if it happened. Of course, uh, it could be a little bit. I'm very silly in my pick, so let's see. Sounds good. Well, I mean, the next two weeks are gonna the next two weeks are gonna show how how things are gonna develop. So, sure. hey, thanks for doing this. I know this has turned out to be longer than expected, but I guess the major we discussed both draws. So it was wonderful chatting with you, and I'll release this shortly and tag you. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it always it always turns up longer than it is, so it's fine. That's all good. All right. Thanks so much for having me on, and talk to you soon.